Hey there, thanks for joining me for episode 19 of the Roaring Out podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. Again, thanks for joining me. And this episode is called Some Notes on Failure. I wanted to do this episode around this time of year because it's really now, you know, towards end of January, beginning of February, where the shininess of the new year wears off and people either get real with or forget their resolutions or, or even really give up. The new year for a lot of people feels like full of possibilities and change is possible and things like that, but really every day is available to newness and change, but most people sort of confine it to the beginning of every year. So I wanted to do this episode on failure to really show how, even with the best intentions, not everything we set out to do works. But that's okay, because the mistake isn't the failure itself. The mistake would be to not learn from the failure. So I'm going to kind of pull the curtain back on a couple of my own failures and what I've learned from them to hopefully inspire and just encourage you guys who are listening that if you, you know, if you've started doing resolutions but haven't quite gotten there or want to abandon some resolutions, um, I'd encourage you to perhaps, you know, you do need to abandon some and come up with better resolutions for yourself. Or if you really feel strongly about your resolutions but haven't really been doing well with them, um, I'd encourage you to kind of dig your heels in and make a plan. So, Let's get started here. Now, my ideas of failure and success, at least for the purposes of this podcast, are meant in a personal sense. So it's important for you to have your own idea of what those two words mean. For me, success means following through on my original goals and applicable making money um, in the sense of, you know, making a living off of, you know, what I can do. Again, if that's applicable, some things I just do for fun. So if I take that idea of success, then my idea of failure would be dropping the ball on my goals, which seems really straightforward, but that doesn't account for the fact that goals and circumstances change. So over the years, I found myself very frustrated and even upset with myself that I didn't follow through on certain goals that I set even when my priorities changed. Um, I never really took that into account, really until very recently in my life. So when I talk about success and failure, at least in this episode, those are the things I'm referring to, you know, following through on goals and then not following through on goals. And I, I, I guess you could say one other idea of failure could also be, for me at least, um, not realizing that my priorities have changed and refreshing my goals. So there are two areas that I want to share some failures in. Um, The first is crafting and my ventures into Etsy. So I moved out and moved in with a roommate about six years ago, five and a half, six years ago in 2010. It was around this time that I found myself having a lot of extra time after my day job, I'm still feeling 
spry enough or with enough energy that I wanted to do more than a sedentary activity like reading. And, you know, although I love reading, I wanted to be a little more active. So I took to crafting. I was so gung-ho about this, you guys. I just went nuts. Um, And over a few years, I amassed probably a couple hundred dollars worth of supplies, um, which I now keep in a spare room in uh, the apartment I share with my husband. But (laughs) the thing is, my enthusiasm led me to spend a lot of money and hoard. Um, You guys should see the spare room in which I keep all of my (laughs) supplies. They are not exactly orderly. And to be honest, I don't use a lot of them. And even some of the things I ended up buying, I didn't use. But there's more. Um, so I spent this money, again, over years. It wasn't, you know, like a one-shot deal. I spent this money over years um, going from one shiny project to the next, meaning, you know, I'd be really gung-ho about glass etching. And then I'd see a tutorial on wood burning and I'd be really gung-ho about that. And then, you know, I never really gave myself time to focus. So I spent this money um, and hoarded all of these supplies. And this coincided with me opening two Etsy shops. I believe I opened them about one to two years apart. My first Etsy shop was a sort of potpourri of all the crafts I was making because I didn't really know what else to do with them. Uh, And then I started working more with fine art, like mixed media, painting, things like that. And I decided to open up the second Etsy shop just for those items because I felt, you know, the fine art, mixed media collages um, were just a different price point. They were more expensive. So I didn't quite want to throw them into my potpourri craft shop, the first one that I had open. And I was really excited about these two shops. And, you know, the ideas were flowing. I was writing them down. But again, I never actually acted on many of those ideas. Only a few really um, came to realization. And so kind of to wrap up this part of it, I I did make some sales on Etsy. You know, it wasn't a complete flop. And I did forge some relationships with some customers as well as um, some other crafters. And that was really nice. But I realized I didn't want to run an Etsy shop full time. Um, When I had a regular day job, a nine to five, running an Etsy shop seemed wonderful. You know, if I wanted to take a break, I could do it. And, um, you know, I would spend my, these fantasies of just crafting all day and making money off of it. And that was great. But then when I got into the nitty gritty of it, I realized that it is a lot of work. And that's something that not a lot of people realize. It's not just creating things all day. It's posting new orders. It's ordering the supplies. It's making things that you don't necessarily have in stock that you were so excited to make the first one or two, um, you know, versions of that product. But then once, you know, 10 people want it, you have to keep making it. Right. And then sort of the, the shine wears off. And the other thing too, is there's a lot of energy in listing new items and in other administrative stuff like paying fees and 
keeping your listings and your tags for your SEO fresh. And, you know, there's a lot involved behind the scenes other than taking pretty pictures, right? Um, So that was tough, you know, admitting that I I didn't want to do that full time when I had this romanticized view of doing it full time and making my living with crafting. The other thing that brought me to reality with that as well was I wasn't, when I was making a few sales, I wasn't making nearly enough to live off of. So, you know, in order to really promote myself, to get me in front of more people who would possibly buy my wares, um, that would have, I would have needed to put in even more energy. And that was just something I wasn't as committed to doing. So I learned a few lessons from this. And these are actually, some lessons are going to overlap with the next um, category that I'm going to go into as well. But some of the lessons I learned are the first two kind of go hand in hand. The first is I should have made sure I had a focus for my crafts. And the second is I should have curated my material. Now, what I mean by a focus is... Like I said earlier, I jumped from one shiny project to the next. I never really deepened my understanding and love for any one craft. And not that you have to, but again, remember, I opened Etsy shops. Um, I wanted to make a living off of this. And you need a plan if you want to be serious about making a living off of anything, really. You know, whether it be crafting, whether it be blogging, whether it be photography, you need some guidelines and a plan, and I didn't. Um, I just thought, well, whatever crafts I make based on my whims, people will love it, and I can make money off of it. And that's just not true. Um, consumers will, you know, they want to see cohesive product lines. They want um, certainly options, but they want the same ideas or the same products in with different options, like different colors, different materials, what have you. And I just was not prepared uh, for that. Um, And then when I say I should have curated my material is, you know, I should have had a focus, maybe focused on one or two different crafts and bought materials for that. And that certainly would have not only saved me money, but also space. And it would have meant that I would have used probably more of the craft material I bought than I currently have. The next thing I learned was that I needed a plan. As I mentioned earlier, I tend to wing things a lot in life, which can work. But with Etsy, it just didn't. Like I said, if you want to make a living off of something or you want to be known for a certain type of product or um, a certain trade, you need a plan. Um, You can wing perhaps certain things, but... Without a plan, at least for me, without a plan, I tend to grab onto anything I can that's even remotely related to what I want to do, and it ends up with me being very unfocused and frustrated. Another lesson I learned is over the years, now remember I started really crafting in like 2010, and now it's six years later, so... My idea of crafting now is very different. When I first started out, I was enamored with glass etching and wood burning um, and also jewelry making. But now I'm more focused on digital art and creating art in my sketchbook. So these sort of wonky, free drawings. I, I 
mostly focus on drawing, whereas I hadn't earlier. Um, and I didn't plan for that. You know, I didn't plan for any of it, actually. Um, but I didn't plan for my tastes changing, you know. So um, that's something when you're making a goal that you want to keep in mind. You know, if there's something you want to focus on, make sure you really love it and are willing to go the long haul. Um, and if not, it's totally fine to dabble. It's fine to keep it as a hobby. But if it's something you're more serious about, um, make sure you really love it. And then the last thing I want to mention is now having a plan and having a focus for crafting or for any trade doesn't mean, for me at least, it doesn't mean I can't buy art supplies in an area other than my focus. But I find that I must have a plan for what I buy. Uh, and I do need that when I'm going into an art supply store. Otherwise, I'm just... It's like a five-year-old, right, in a candy store. I just grab everything that appeals to me. But now what I try and do is I try and have a plan for what I buy. So if I'm going to make jewelry for someone for a birthday, I buy the tools and the materials I need um, so that they're used, right? And there's um, minimal, if any, waste. Um, if there's a pen that I want to buy, I buy one and I try it out. And if I like it, I can buy more. So again, the idea of having plans can really minimize waste, minimize wasting time, um, and minimizing hoarding, right? <laughs> so that um, you actually use what you buy. So it's very efficient. The next, um, and actually last area that I'm going to share some of my failures in is blogging. Now, some of you might be thinking, but Michelle, you still blog. You didn't fail in that area. And no, technically I didn't. But there are a lot of missteps I made along the way. So my blog has been going for about five years. Actually, um, this year, later in the year, it'll be six. And I've abandoned it several times. If you look through my archives, you'll see there are long stretches of time that I just wasn't active. And then I sort of go through spurts. I post a lot, and then for months I don't post anything, and then I post a lot. I just have gone through spurts for all of these five or six years. The other item of note is that my blog has gone through several incarnations and several themes. Um, I started out with one theme on my blog. It was, you know, very dark and blue. Um, and I think it went through several, one or two more changes in look before I settled on my current theme, which is um, black, gray, and red, which matches my website, michellegreco.com. I wanted to have a more cohesive look. Um, so again, going back to that plan idea, now that I sort of have one with how I want to present myself online, you know, now I, I have more ideas of color schemes and layout and stuff like that, but more on that in a little bit. The other way my blog has gone through several incarnations is with content. At first, I was just doing some musings on life, on lessons that I learned. Um, and then later on, when I sort of fell into the book community, particularly with Twitter, I thought, well, hey, let me do some book reviews. And then I did like five. And I realized, you know what, I don't want to dedicate my blog to this. I'm 
if I do this regularly, I'm just not going to enjoy it. And I didn't want that to happen. Then I started focusing more on spotlights on artists and librarians. And while I certainly still do look for people to feature, I wanted to do more than that. Um, and now really I'm sort of at a, a juncture where I'm not quite sure what I will focus on on my blog. Um, you know, I may take my cues from the podcast and focus more on just art and literature and sharing resources, but I'm not sure, you know, because there are those moments where maybe I'll share something a bit more personal, again, as I do with the podcast. So it's very possible that in the future, the blog will um, be an extension of the podcast. And if you listened to last week's episode, episode 18, for how to keep occupied on a snowy day, you'll notice that there is a coinciding um, sort of twin blog post to that episode. Um, and that may be happening actually more and more. So we'll see how that goes. So to end this sort of portion of the podcast, it's interesting because I often feel bad when I say I've been blogging for five years, because in some ways that's not true. As I mentioned earlier, I haven't blogged regularly for all of those five years. I've abandoned my blog for stretches of time um, and then started again. So it's tough for me to say exactly how long I've been blogging, but I just stick with how long my blog has been around, which is five years, well, maybe about five and a half at this point. So what are the lessons I've learned from this? Like art, I would say have a loose plan and some goals. This will help you focus on your blog style and content as well. I tend to be all over the place. That's, you know, that's one of my faults is I have, not that I, the fault isn't that I have a lot of different interests. It's that I don't know how to rein them in. And in my personal life, you know, you or I or anyone can have as many interests as we want and pursue them. But if you want to have a cohesive internet presence, if you want to make a living on a certain trade or on a certain interest that you have, need to be cohesive because if you're all over the place, then potential consumers of your product or products that you have um, can get confused and could get turned off if you have way too many interests. Um, I was listening earlier in the week to uh, one of my favorite podcasts called Pro Blogger. Um, and he also mentioned this idea um, as well as one speaker that I listen to who makes his living actually uh, booking speaking gigs, uh, Grant Baldwin, who said something to the effect of you need a certain audience in mind because if you want to talk to everyone, that's a surefire way of speaking to no one. So again, you don't want to be all over the place. You want to have a certain focus. Now, for me, that focus is speaking to Renaissance souls or those people like me who have many interests. Now, that doesn't mean that I talk about everything, but um, I do have my focus in art and literature. But every now and then, you know, it's okay to talk about something different. Now, the next lesson is allow yourself some time to breathe and explore, but within reason. If having a loose planning goals isn't really where you're at right now, or you just sort of want to explore with writing or with art or whatever the case may be, Give yourself some time to explore in a low-stakes way. 
maybe you just want to start an Instagram account where you begin sharing some explorations or maybe you have like a starter blog where you share these explorations as well. But again, once you have a focus um, or gain traction or, you know, with an audience or, you know, whatever the case may be, then, you know, that's probably the time to have some goals and to narrow your focus. The last thing I learned is don't be afraid to cull, cull, C-U-L-L, meaning, you know, to take away. One way I'm going to do this with my blog is I'm going to whittle down my categories. So I have a lot, and some of them aren't applicable anymore, like book reviews. Um, I will probably still keep those posts up, but I'll probably have a more succinct category for them. You know, other than book reviews, I might have a category called bookish where I can put other ideas I have related to books in that category. And, you know, here's where the overlap with art comes and I'm certainly going to call my art supplies. And if you're interested in any, uh, certainly get in touch with me. We can, we can talk. The main idea here is if something doesn't serve you, find someone else who can use it. Don't just hoard something saying, well, maybe one day I will use it. I do that all the time. And you know what? If you need to say that, you probably aren't going to use it nine times out of 10, you know, because if you don't have a plan for it right then and there, you're probably not going to use it. So to wrap up the show, I just have a a few points. Um, The first is that, you know, I wanted to give my readers a peek behind my curtain at some of my failures and what I've learned Um, But success and failure will look different for everyone. So don't feel like my path is the only path. And really, I'm still learning. So there's a lot I need to learn. I still, you know, look up webinars. I look at other people's blogs and um, art portfolios to see what other people are doing. I still love getting ideas. And that's great for people who are beginning in their field and even seasoned pros. It's always good to keep up on your field. So again, success and failure will look different for everyone. Um, I want to share my failures to hopefully help others uh, not repeat those same mistakes. But if your path is different from mine, you may find you stumble in other areas and that's okay. You know, just learn from that. Much of my own personal failure has a lot to do with my own flaws and that is having a bunch of different interests and not reining them in. Um, So my failure a lot of times was due to lack of planning and no clear guidance or guidelines for myself, which I need when I walk into an art supply store. I don't know if you're like me, but if I go to an art supply store, even a bookstore, if I don't have guidelines or, you know, cut off, uh, monetary restrictions, forget it. I would just go nuts. Also, as mentioned earlier, I needed to take into account that my plans could change. So my goals needed to be flexible. What I actually do now that I've started recently is I make monthly goals. And sometimes even with those shorter term goals, you know, monthly goals are certainly much short term, much more short term than yearly goals. Even monthly goals I change sometimes. Um, because something happened that makes me change my outlook. So that might be something you could adopt as well. If you need your goals to be flexible, 
um, I would suggest making some monthly goals. Um, and if you still want something, a thread to carry you throughout each year, if that's just something you want, I would suggest um, choosing a yearly word. I, my word for 2016 is delight. And actually, starting next week, um, I'm going to have an episode about delight and how my yearly word is playing into my year. So you can look out for that. Um, but I also have a, an episode about why I was ditching New Year's resolutions. So you can look into that as well if you want a few more ideas on making flexible goals and on choosing a yearly word. Now, to end the podcast, as always, I love hearing from you, my listeners. So what are some areas in your life where you got really excited but things didn't quite turn out how you'd hoped. Um, and I'd love to learn any lessons that you've gleaned along the way. So feel free to reach out in uh, with the links um, that are provided in the show notes. And again, as usual, if you like the show, I would love it if you would give it a rating on iTunes. And the link for that is also in the show notes. Thanks so much again for listening. And I will see you all next week on the Roaring Out podcast.